Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining the podcast today. We're going to have a really interesting discussion about arbitration agreements. Now, for some of you, you have an arbitration agreement in effect, which means that your employees, if they have an employment law claim, must arbitrate. That means they tell you, I'm upset, I have a claim, and there will be an arbitrator selected and you will stay out of the court system. Those kinds of programs are not as common in California as they used to be for a couple of reasons. About 20 years ago, the California Supreme Court issued a decision in what's called the Armendariz case. And in that case, the court set forth a number of requirements that California employers need to meet when they're drafting employment agreements, including arbitration agreements. And one of the things the court really focused on is making sure that the agreement was fair and that the employees had the opportunity to understand what it meant to give up their right to sue in court. By signing an arbitration agreement, that's what you're doing. Well, over the years since the Armendariz decision, we've had a ton of litigation in California about arbitration agreements. And even though arbitration used to be a lot less expensive than traditional civil litigation, used to be a lot quicker, used to be that employers could get very good success in arbitration, the tables have turned. Because what's happened is California has a number of laws on the books about arbitration that make it more difficult to arbitrate. For example, in California, if you lose an arbitration as an employer, you have to post the award against you on a website. And of course, that's where plaintiff's lawyers are going to go to get leads on cases, right? Where they see, oh, well, this employer didn't do well. They lost this multi-million dollar arbitration. So therefore, I'm going to make sure that I target them. All right. The other thing that happens with arbitration in California is that there's so much litigation about what the agreement should say that we get different cases all the time where we think, uh oh, we got to revise this agreement. We got to change this language and then you've got to go back to your employees to get a new agreement there's consideration that you have to give meaning you have to offer something to the employee to get them to sign the new agreement and there's an argument in california about whether continued employment allowing them to keep working with you is enough so it's complicated now we got a really important decision from the u.s supreme court a couple of years ago called the Epic Systems case. And in that case, the US Supreme Court said, look, you can include a class action waiver in your arbitration agreement. What does that mean? That means that you tell employees, you don't have a right to join a class action. If you have a claim, you have to bring a claim against us individually in arbitration. Well, that was a big deal. Because in California, when you consider all of our wage hour laws and how much potential liability employers have for wage hour laws, it's huge to be able to say, my employee can't bring a class action. But it wasn't quite enough. Because in California, we have the Private Attorneys General Act, PAGA. Many of you have probably heard of it. 
And it's like a class action, but it allows an employee to bring a collective action or a representative action on behalf of a group of similarly situated employees much more easily than they can do with the class action. With the class action, there are a number of requirements that need to be satisfied. For PAGA, there, there are far fewer requirements. So EPIC, the EPIC decision didn't address PAGA claims. So even though we got to include in California the class action waiver, you couldn't do a private attorney general's act waiver. So employers that had arbitration programs, they could avoid class actions, but in California, most employees aren't even using the class action device. They're using PAGA because PAGA, as I said, is much easier to litigate, much easier for employees to get a resolution. Because what happens in California is the penalties are so stiff and the attorney's fees are so significant that many employers will just go to mediation immediately and try to get the case resolved. So PAGA claims are very beneficial to California employees. Well, on March 30th of this year, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case called Viking River Cruises versus Moriana. And in that case, the Supreme Court is going to decide whether the Federal Arbitration Act, which is, of course, a federal law, whether it's going to allow a PAGA waiver in an arbitration agreement, okay? And the thing that's unique about PAGA claims that is not the case with class actions is the employee is bringing the case on behalf of the state. So in other words, PAGA says, look, if your employer does something wrong, the state has a right to go in and issue penalties and litigate the case. But the state won't always do that. In fact, they never do that. What we're going to do instead is we're going to anoint you a private attorney general and we're going to let you go litigate that case with your lawyer. Okay, you with me? So it's a method where the state has the claim, but they say to the employee, we're going to let you litigate this. So some of the settlement money from PAGA cases goes to the state because it's a state claim. The rest of it, of course, is uh, made available to the employees who are covered and also the attorneys. And honestly, the attorneys are the ones who get the vast portion of the PAGA settlement. It, it, it's not the kind of thing where the employees get most of it and the attorneys get a little. It's very similar to if you ever get a card in the mail. I got one the other day saying there was a, a class action on behalf of Southwest Airlines passengers. And I was entitled to, are you ready for this? $1.97. Okay, so I was great. You know, did I bother to send the card in for $1.97? No, I didn't. So what's interesting about these kinds of cases is that most of the money, particularly for PAGA claims, is going to go to the lawyers. And in all fairness, the lawyers are the ones bringing the cases. Now, what we've seen is that the same lawyers bring the same kinds of cases. They use the same complaint. They have the same arguments. So they're not investing a lot of money or time into the complaint. And then they immediately get to go to, to mediation. So people have different views about whether that's good or that's bad. 
The point of this episode is I want you to understand this case that's going to be coming down this summer. That's the Viking River Cruises case where the court is going to decide whether you can include a PAGA waiver in your arbitration agreements. Now, if the court says you can do that, everyone is going to want to go get an arbitration agreement in place. Because if you can require PAGA claims to be litigated individually in an arbitration forum, that's a huge win for California employers. Now, I will say, after watching and um, listening to the Supreme Court's oral arguments in the Viking River Cruises case, I, I don't think it's looking that good for California employers. I could be wrong. You never know where the justices are coming from. But there is a concern that there's this method, that a tool that employees can use in California, PAGA, and that if they allow the PAGA claims to be covered by an arbitration agreement, it effectively wipes out that remedy. So we're going to see, based on the tenor of the arguments, I think it's an uphill battle, but it's going to be interesting for sure, because when you look at what's going to be decided in this case, it's, it's going to be a huge development if employers have the opportunity to include these PAGA waivers in their arbitration agreements. Now, some of you may want to implement arbitration agreements now. We suggest waiting until we get the results of the Viking River Cruises case because there may also be some parts of the decision that will impact how you're going to write the agreement. And you also need to have a strategy. So it's very important for you to consult with your employment law counsel about how to set up the program, how to draft the agreement. You may deal with new employees different than current employees. You're just going to have to see what works for your organization. But it's going to be a very important case and something that you should be keeping your eyes open for. It's important also because when we talk about arbitration, there are pros and cons, and you do want to look at whether an arbitration agreement makes sense for your organization. Once you have the agreement, you have the agreement, right? So you have to then, if you want to revoke the agreement, there are steps you have to go through to make that happen. So if you've got a current arbitration program, keep it in place. Don't worry. Follow what's going to happen in the Viking River Cruises case, and you'll get to see the results of the decision and what you should do going forward. And if you don't have a program yet, like I said, we do suggest that you wait to see the results of the court decision, unless you have another really important reason to, to implement the arbitration agreement at this point. But arbitration agreements are an important tool in California and generally something that many employers have found useful. Now, another note here, Congress on a federal level is looking at prohibiting all employment related arbitration agreements. I have no idea where that will go. As you all probably have seen, it's hard for Congress to agree on much of anything these days. But there has been a bill introduced, so it will be interesting to see where that goes and if it gets picked up and gets some legs. Um, because there are people who believe, I think for valid reasons, that the arbitration process really 
take something away from employees, that they should be able to go to court and to litigate claims that they have. And so if you limit it to arbitration, they are not getting sort of the benefit of the bargain. They, they aren't getting their day in court. So there are folks who would like to invalidate arbitration agreements altogether. And as you might recall, here in California, we had Proposition 51, which also dealt with arbitration agreements, which is tied up in court right now. So we should be getting a decision on that front as well. So there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to arbitration agreements in this state. Make sure that you consult with your employment law counsel, that you understand what the pros and cons are, and you write an agreement that is going to withstand scrutiny. If your agreements are constantly being overturned, it's just not going to do you any good, right? So you've got to write an agreement that really makes sense. This is not the type of thing where you want to just put something together yourself and capture some key points, right? You need to have a template agreement that complies with all of the requirements of the law. So stay tuned. I will keep you up to date on these developments. And remember, the case is Viking River Cruises versus Moriana. We should get some news early this summer. Thanks, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 